brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. The world of football with a soccer perspective. This is Soccer Today with Dwayne Rollins and Kevin Laramie, live on the Sports Podcasting Network. Good day, good night, welcome to Soccer Today for Monday, April 25th, 2022. I'm Kev Larme, joined by Dwayne Rollins as always. But before we start the show, we'll invite you to subscribe to our YouTube page and click that notification bell. That way you'll be notified whenever we go live with a brand new show. Today, Major League Soccer Week 8 review, Canadian Premier League Week 3 review already. And we'll have a little deep dive into Vancouver and their beginning of the season to start the show. But Dwayne, how was your soccer weekend? It was nice and relaxing, actually. I uh, watched a lot of games on TV, both in England and Canada and the United States, obviously, with the MLS games. And... Uh, just had a nice, relaxing, chill weekend here in almost spring Toronto. Almost spring. I went for a walk through Trinity Bellas. <laughs> looked for the cherry blossoms yesterday. They're still buds, but they kind of you can see the paint coming out. So spring, almost. Almost spring. That's always a good time, of course, here. It's uh, like 18 degrees in Montreal today, so I kind of get the same feeling. I'm looking forward to my big, long walk with Stevie Reedy, which is my dog, later today. Beautiful day after I'm done, of course, this show. Dwayne, a big show today. Major League Soccer had their eighth weekend of action this season. Here are the results, and to me, a couple results stand out, and we'll break down five games in MLS today. FC Dallas, Houston, a crazy end of the game where Houston tied, and Dallas said, hold on, let me get the win here. Philly, Montreal, very entertaining game. We'll break that one down. 1-1 draw between the two teams. The love I guess the love connection between Wilfred Nancy and Jim Curtin continues. They're both throwing flowers at each other whenever they get an opportunity. And it's fun to see coaches with a similar mindset. We'll break that down later. Of course, Austin, Vancouver. Maxi Uruzzi scoring twice. The archer of Uruguay able to score a couple past Thomas Hassal in Vancouver. 0-5-0 on the road. That's a quite 
a record and we'll break that down we'll break down all their uh, their rankings in the statistical categories and where they are in major league soccer which is by the way spoilers below the 24th line <laughs> but 24th is the best they are in any category so let's start with Austin versus Vancouver. To me, it is the headline on this Monday morning. Big defeat for Vanny Sartini. 0-5-0 away record. It's terrible. They have a terrible record on grass too. Maxi Ruti to go. Sebastian Driussi, 68th minute. One of the candidates, maybe the leading candidate for MVP this year so far with Georgi Mihailovic to win. But when we look at the results here, let's look at the possession. 68% possession for Austin, 32% for Vancouver, 12 shots, only one on target. That is very poor. And Dwayne and I were exchanging text message earlier today. Brian White really stuck out for Dwayne's research in the amount of, well, the lack of goals, the lack of assists. Same for expected goals, expected assists. It's not... The Brian White of 2021, of course, there's the injury that lingered at the beginning of the season. But, Dwayne, what is your thought on Vancouver and this loss to Austin in the weekend? Well, I mean, first off, a, a hat tip to Austin. We should do a deep dive on them soon because they are doing very well. But we are in Canada. Our focus is primarily on the three Canadian teams. So so let's go there. So this isn't dismissing the winning team, which is often, I think, something that people like us do. We go, oh, look at how bad they play as opposed to how good they played. So obviously, congratulations for 3-0. But when it gets to Vancouver, look, the reason we dove a little bit deeper today on this is because it becomes a little bit redundant to keep saying the same thing over and over again. This team just doesn't produce. And, and I looked at the Brian White numbers, the advanced numbers a little bit careful to see whether he just was having bad luck this year, whether this was a correction back to the norm. And I fear that this is just an indication of something we said to over and over again in the preseason, that for them to be as successful as they were, would, were last year, they would needed him to keep performing on both those offensive metrics at the same level and what was the indication they were and the numbers for the record are 0.9 expected goals he has one goal and 0.2 expected assists per game he has no assists now he's only played five games he's injured a bit but this is still the one quarter mark even if you that's a cumulative stat they expected goals expected assists so you multiply it by four you're still looking at you know four something as the goals 4.2 to be specific, hashtag math, and, well, basically under one for the assist, which puts him in line with his career numbers outside of that hot streak last year. That tells me that was the outlier. <laughs> the, outlier yeah. the outlier yeah. was the 12 goals in 27 games. And those numbers are really imprinted in my mind, Dwayne, because the expected goal output was nine. It was 9.1 yeah. 9. to be precise. And 12 was the goal here. Uh, right now, the numbers are even below that if you extrapolate the numbers of a few games played this year for him in equal to 27 games. And let's not forget his career with the New York Red Bulls was not that great. And of course, we're looking at Vanny Sartini and then we're breaking down the entire thing. Already pressure brewing in Vancouver. Fans were not necessarily convinced last season because some fans can look at the actual reasons behind the production of certain players or the lag thereof and when you look at the body body the, like the body language of some of the players in major league soccer in vancouver especially this weekend there's no response there's no direct response to vanny sartini yelling on the sideline and to me there's a big difference there with last year i don't think it's replicable 
the success, the, the success, the success with the small S, by the way. It's a very small level of success they had to get with Vanny Sartini. But when we look now this year at their results, and we'll put the numbers on the screen, and there's a lot of numbers here because it's the white cap this season. 0-5-0 record on natural grass, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with a couple of different stadiums they played in this season on the road, which is their, their away record. It's 0-5-0, so maybe that's the correlation. The record overall is 1-6-1, which is the worst in MLS, the 28th rank. Home record of 1-1-1. It's the 24th best in MLS, if you want to put it this way. Uh, a couple teams haven't done better than that, and Nashville hasn't played at home yet this season. When you have a, uh, an away record of 0-5-0, it's the worst in the league. Equaled with Kansas City, to be fair. Goals 4-6, they're 27th in the league. Goals against 17th, 25th in the league. Differential, minus 11. That's the worst in Major League Soccer. Minus 11. And a points per game of 0.5 this season so far, Dwayne. 0.5 points per game. What is your thought on these numbers, on the statistical output of Vancouver this season? Well, I mean, I think you and the preseason poll had them as your your wooden spoon pick. I didn't go that far, but uh, look, I'm not surprised they're struggling. You mentioned Sartini. Uh, Sartini, he's the informed fan was not happy necessarily with his, his appointment because they didn't really do a search. They just had a little bit of success and an emphasis on a little bit of success and sort of went here. And part of the reason they probably did that is because he would have been very cheap to maintain for the year. Doing a full uh, coach search costs money. You're gonna, if you're bringing someone in from outside with a, with a track record, you're gonna have to pay more money. And the Whitecaps famously, and it's not just us that say this, famously are arguably the cheapest team in the league. Greg Kerfoot, their owner, is the head of the Competition Bureau at MLS right now. He has been for several years. A lot of people point to him as the main reason why MLS maintains a lot of its structures that frustrate the hell out of people like us <laughs> to maintain how to maintain the status quo because they don't want to spend. True. And th th it all comes down to that. And we've been saying this for years. Like, yeah, they've gone out and they've done some minor stuff, like bringing Cavallini home to Canada. You don't have to spend. And he hasn't worked out. And I don't want to bash Cavallini because he's a Canadian national team member. You know, at least he's kind of borderline, I would say, for that last sort of striker spot. Someone else could claim that. But nonetheless, he's, he's been a good servant to the national team, scored some goals, done some places, done some things in the early rounds. So you don't want to bash him for it. But in terms of an MLS MVP or MP, certainly not MVP, MDP is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. He's just not there. And no. as a DP, you know, if you bring him in as a TAM guy, maybe, but he just hasn't worked out. Part of that maybe is because they haven't got him service. So and, uh, let's look. face it, there was some efforts to trade him in the offseason. There was some efforts and calls and ways to get him out of the league, and they weren't answered the calls, and nothing could be done. His contract will be done at the end of the season with Vancouver, and so far the output is not worthy of a designated player and is also not worthy of his playing time and it's unfortunate for the Canadian national team too that he's not progressing and we thought it was going to be great for him to be here because we thought he was going to have a a bit better performance as a goal scorer which hasn't really showed but who is he surrounded by and of course when you look at the results on the road they maybe were hard done in Montreal with the Justin Rickett was offside so that 
call was okay by the referee, but Montreal did also not defend properly at that point. So you could say they got away with one here. And Montreal was able to get the three points against Vancouver and get that result. But Vancouver, big loss in the weekend against Austin. The beginning of the season so far is lackluster to be to be nice. And they're the worst team in the league. Ryan Gold might have a terrible concussion. If the protocol is what we think it is, he might be gone for a while. What do you do moving forward? There, there's like no good solution. Tomas Hassan seems to not step up to the same level he did the last few times it was called upon or the last couple of season. It's different when you have the pressure to perform. I'm not necessarily looking forward for the rest of the season, Dwayne. And I do believe the Whitecaps will not have a high ceiling of success this season. Well, look, I know we're early still, and you can say we're early until we hit Canada Day, July 4th. That's when you start saying, stop saying we're early, then you're just in the, you know, the the dog days of summer, and then you're late in September. That's my rule of thumb right there. But nonetheless, we're still early, but we're not that early anymore. What do they have, five points? Five points, right? They, uh, they have four points, actually. Four so, points. Uh, okay, yeah. so to get to the playoffs, you're probably going to need around 40... 344 points so do you think from the last from the three quarter two-thirds of the three quarters of a season can they get 40 points uh, how uh, exactly how, how? where, how? where? Yeah. how are they going to get those goals exactly they have the worst attack in the western conference with the second worst defense next to san jose and we'll talk about San Jose later. And there's a certain coach bump in Major League Soccer this weekend. Both DC and San Jose have won their game. And we'll talk about these games very shortly. But to wrap up on Vancouver, Dwayne, I do believe that maybe Sartini was a mistake. And sooner rather than later, if you want to change, you will. But we also know Vancouver's maybe they're maybe they don't want to pay too many coaches at once because they're still paying. Are they still paying the Santos? That's the question. Probably yeah, not. But, Probably yeah, not they, but. He, the Santos has got an assistance job. But, exactly. Uh, so he might not be paid by Vancouver anymore. I think his contract was yeah. finishing anyways at the end of the season last year, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, Vanny Sartini, though, with his new contract, will they take the chance to release him and fire him right away? And pay him for a couple years. Those are probably where the answer lies, where maybe he will be given a longer leash and a season to forget, because let's face it, Vancouver is the candidate so far for the Wooden Spoon in 2022. Yeah, no, for, for sure, especially with Cincinnati kind of becoming a little bit better and and certainly Charlotte doing okay in terms of an expansion sort of situation. And, and you know, you have your coach bumps, as you say, San Jose might get it together. Look, I'll, I'll end it with this, a little preview of Tuesdays after Europe. I, I think that the Vancouver Whitecaps and uh, Manchester United have a little bit in common in the sense that maybe it's not necessarily the guy that's on the sidelines that's the problem, but maybe the people that are making the decisions above him. And I would just end it like that, that, you know, was this Mark DeSantis' problem last year? No. I would suggest <laughs> that no, it wasn't. And the fact that the sequence of undefeated uh, streak that they had last year. I think it was 23, if I'm remembering off the top of my mm. head. Half of it was under DeSantos or so. So so that is also something not to forget. And Benny Sartini played his way, influenced his Axel Schuster, of course, his sporting director, and the owners of Vancouver with his results to, to, to hire him also. He was a, let's face it, a cheaper option than bringing a known coach from abroad or a known established coach from Major League Soccer. Yeah, and look, we're going to talk about TFC, obviously, in a minute, and, and they're not a finished product in any ways, but how did they fix their thing, their problems? They were this big of a mess last year at this time, absolutely, and they fired um, uh, Armas, 
and then you know they wait the year and come on and do the right thing and bring in Bob Bradley and and although they're not a finished product like they're much more they're league average probably at this point not defensively but whatever we'll get to them in a minute the point <laughs> is that they spent the money they went out they found a coach with an MLS track record that's Vancouver needs to do that stuff they need to stop acting in ways that that are different, that are unique from the rest of Major League Soccer. They've done that since their inception. They, they've always felt, you know, that they had could find a different way to do it. And and we're what year eleven? We're year ten now. Yeah. They're the tenth year of the Whitecaps. Um, when ten years ago at this time, there were Whitecaps fans in my Twitter feed that were like attacking me all the time for like, this is how you're going to learn how to properly see an MLS team is going to, you know, see how a proper MLS team is run now. They're going to rip this league apart. These were things that were said ten years ago. Part of that's all new fans say this. They all believe that they're going to have the magic formula outside of Atlanta. And even they, in recent years, have found out it's not normally the case. But it's particularly not the case in the Whitecaps case and also Cincinnati. But, you know, <laughs> you got to do things. And Cincinnati, the, the commonality there, and Cincinnati might be figuring out a little bit more, is they both thought that they could reinvent the wheel. And they haven't. And the other failure, I could go on for hours on Whitecap failures, but and forgive me, I am from Toronto. But... The other failure of the Whitecaps is they, for years, said one of the ways that they were going to get around this stuff would be to have the best academy, the residential system, all that stuff in the league. Well, how many academy kids are winning things outside of for Pacific for the Whitecaps now? None. <laughs> that's mean. Uh, yeah, but it's kind of true. But that's true. And we'll leave it at that for today on the Whitecaps. But we thought it was worthy. And, of course, we were asked to do a little bit more deep dive on Vancouver on social media by a few of our listeners. And I hope this satisfied your hunger, your thirst for knowledge on the Vancouver Whitecaps. We'll take a short break. When we come back, we'll have a statistical deep dive into Montreal's journey to Chester, Pennsylvania to take on the best team in the Eastern Conference. We'll talk about TFC's journey to City Field, of all places, to play the champions of 2021 in Major League Soccer, and we'll look at the teams that have changed coaches this week, well, last week, and have played their first game under the new management. That and more after this short break. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
You are listening to Soccer Today. Follow us on Twitter at Soccer Today SPN and like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash sports podcasting network. You can find the podcast version of all the shows we do on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Google Play Store, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you get your podcast. And we're back on Soccer Today. Kevin Larme with Dwayne Rollins. Please take a second, subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash sports podcast network and click on that notification bell. You will be made aware whenever we upload a brand new episode of Soccer Today on podcast. Thank you for listening to this show and making it a perennial top 20 soccer podcast across North America, in Canada, South Korea. We're big in South Korea, Dwayne, lately. And of course, that's Major League Soccer's time schedule. It's fun to watch it in the morning for Korean fans. And we salute you if you're listening to us via Korean podcast applications or located anywhere around the world. Dwayne, let's continue our breakdown of results in Major League Soccer. We've talked about Vancouver and Austin's big win at home against Vancouver. Let's now look at Montreal. Montreal, Dwayne, was traveling to Chester, Pennsylvania. Great stadium, great bridge. Don't look on the other side of that camera. It's great that there's only one shot because it's not great to look at uh, not the best area of Pennsylvania. 1-1 draw between these two teams. Montreal showing maybe it's true worth able to be unbeaten in Major League Soccer for the fifth straight game. In that span, they had a three win, zero losses, and two draw performance. Three straight wins, a lot of great results on the road, unbeaten in April, also for Montreal. Julian Carranza scored for Philly from the penalty spot. Quite a soft penalty, let's face it, called by the referee Lucas here. When we have Kai Kamara scoring his 130th goal in his Major League Soccer career, still in fifth place, but only a few from fourth place all time in goal scoring in Major League Soccer. We'll remind everybody that uh, Wondolowski is number one in that category. Look at the numbers here. Passing accuracy Montreal continues to have 80% or more the entire season. That is something to keep in mind. Montreal also has been dominating the possession, which is happening 65% of the time for Montreal this year so far. Montreal is playing his game, their game, their own way of soccer playing, I guess, on the field, even on the road. And I think that's a big part of the success of Montreal. Also, with Georgi Mihailovic, what was your thought on this performance on the road by CF Montreal? No, it's, as you say, on the road is the key line there. And, and to get a 1-1 draw against Philadelphia, which is still uh, on top of the East, uh, is, is credible, right? And, and particularly after when you look at Montreal's struggles in the early part of the year, I think you can attest them to having the double schedule, not having the depth to deal with that. The only concern I'd have with, the, with Montreal is that they are allowing a bit too many goals sometimes uh, of the one today, this last week. So maybe they're getting that in line too. They, they allowed a lot of goals early and that's kind of held it back a little bit. Uh, 17 goals allowed, puts them right near the bottom of the, of the standings there. But, but nonetheless, you know, it's a credible result. Uh, from the other side of it, this is two games in a row that, that Philly, as much as I just said, are at the top, have kind of not looked great. You know, they lose to Toronto in Toronto. They, they draw Montreal at home. Um, two games we paid close attention to, not necessarily to me looking like a team that you would consider a supporter shield contender, even though they literally are based on the points in the pocket, right? So good for them for getting that. Maybe that's an indication of their ability to get it. But in terms of Montreal, 
a 1-1 draw on the road, you can never complain about that. I mean, if you can keep things tight, and I mentioned their goals against, having been a bit of a struggle leading into this game, well, one goal allowed on the road, that's going to tighten that up a little bit. Uh, good for the Canadian national team perspective because, of course, a couple of those defenders play together and you hope that they can continue that that trend forward. Yeah, um, yeah there's not much to say, but this was one of those uh, generic MLS games that you sometimes have <laughs> that you go, yeah, yeah, that was a game. And uh, <laughs> again, we can say that Montreal, of course, got maybe a bit of a hard, uh, hard done here. Penalty spot. The penalty spot for Philadelphia did come into play. You mentioned Montreal's goal against, of course, but their goals for is 14 and it's third best in the Eastern Conference. So at least there's that to counterbalance. You just reassure the back line and you have yourself with maybe a better performance so far this year. Alistair Johnston is one of the good players so far this year for Montreal. And over the last few weeks, he has really grown into his his own with Montreal as a right wing back with a very solid defensive responsibility and rarely does get beat. And that is, for me, quite surprising and quite a good growth. Last year, this year, we saw a big growth. If we look at Johnston with Nashville last year and this year with CF Montreal, a big growth, and even with the national team. And I think that's that's the difference, right? The confidence grew with the national team throughout qualifying in CONCACAF, and now he brings that type of play with CF Montreal. Let's continue our look at some of the results in Major League Soccer, and let's look at TFC's not-quite-comeback. They still lost the game, but 5-4. It was 5-2. They were playing the champions of Major League Soccer. Another red card. This one for Alfredo Morales in this game for NYCFC. Castellano scored his fifth of the season. Thiago scored also. Santiago Rodriguez, Keaton Parks, and Gabriel Pereira scored for NYCFC. 5-2 at that point. And we saw two goals. DeAndre Kerr and Michael Bradley scored his first of the season for Bradley at the 90th minute. A record of 3-3-2 for TFC. 3-3-1 for NYCFC. Toronto is fifth in the Eastern Conference. And with their few results, now NYCFC is back 7th. They were 14th, I remember, a few weeks ago. And this brings us to our standings. We can look, while Dwayne and I look also at this game. What did you think about this TFC game on the road? Yeah, quickly, I just want to finish on Montreal. I think we're talking about the defensive. We should remember that Samuel Piat has not been healthy this year, right? So you put him in that lineup as a healthy Piat. I think yeah, that maybe. A lot of things there too. You're right. Yeah, just, he, uh... just, just a... He did, make his <laughs> he did make his season debut, by the way. Played 12 minutes in the last game and looked pretty good. We can look at the standings here. Toronto is fifth. Montreal is sixth. Both equal on point. Toronto has more goals for with 15 with a differential of minus two versus Montreal's minus three. That is why TFC is fifth and Montreal is sixth. What did you think about TFC's results on the road? 42% possession in the loss for Toronto. Well, it's been a long time since TFC had, or since Toronto had an indoor soccer team. So uh, that was kind of like the scoreline kind of indicated that 5-4. Look, no, I was telling you off air. Uh, this is a game where if you're a TFC fan that is objective about things, you look at that game and I think you see a positive. You see a positive in the pushback, the fight back after they fall down. You see a positive in the fact that Jimenez, the guy that they got from Poland and no one even thought about, I mean, extra time had a whole like 17 rounds of a of a goal draft and they didn't even pick him in it. And he's the co-leader of the Golden Boot right now. So that tells you that he was a bit of a dark horse, right? So he's still performing. 
I think that's a great positive. I think it's a great positive that the kids are stepping up. We've seen a lot of goals from young guys scoring their debuts. And even Bradley getting a goal, that's good for his confidence because a lot of people are beginning to question his position in the lineup. And, you know, that's fair enough because I do think that there needs to be some kind of look at what's happening and why they're giving up so much space. That's what happens. Yeah. They're, it looks It's like hockey. It's like you're watching hockey or indoor soccer, to be quite honest, because they just TFC will do some nice things with the ball and suddenly the other team will break and there's just acres of space and it, it's dangerous. And Bono, who is not my favorite player, whose distribution is still <laughs> terrible, but does have an athleticism that allows him to make some big stops. And there were three or four big stops in that game. New York could have had seven or eight goals in that, just as they could have had seven or eight goals the week before. Well, they had six the week before. Yeah, exactly. They did score six times on RSL the week before. Yeah, so so this is a team that's firing all cylinders. So TFC, you got to look at the positives and you got to just build forward. They got Cincinnati at home up next. You got to be like chomping at the bit to get at that one, get a win in front of the home fans. That's going to put you still in that race. And again, what did we say before the, before the season started when it came to TFC? Every point you put on the board, I'm not going to say the stand, say our cliche this time. <laughs> Every point you put on the board prior to Insignia getting here is going to be one more likelihood of you getting the playoffs. And right now, they're right in that mix. And that's all we could that's ask true. for heading in. Now, yeah, five goals allowed, that's a problem. Yeah. What's that problem? That's Bob Bradley's. That's Bob Bradley's problem. He's got to figure that out. And let's not forget the entire Eastern Conference, that mid-table Eastern Conference right now, is not really playing that well. And they're all equal. If we're looking at the points per game, Orlando 1.56. We're looking at Atlanta 138, Toronto 138, Montreal 138, and NYCFC 143. One game in hand. NYCFC would be fourth with the points per game, which means Toronto would be sixth, Montreal would be seventh. And I believe some of the teams below the red line, New England eventually will get it together. Columbus too, and they might climb above that line before long and it'll be difficult but that's there'll be a correction in the standing the standing is still weird and we saw it in a second ago in the eastern conference and the western conference now it's time to talk about the coach bump in major league soccer Dwayne we had two coaches making their I guess debut with their new team the Quakes finally getting rid of Matias Almeida and players answered Christian Espinoza a hat trick with giving the victory late in injury time at the 94th minute the death of the game giving San Jose their first win this season they finally won a game a record of one four and three this one at home it meant a lot for the fans the post Almeida era has begun but what about Seattle a meager 2-4-1 and one this season. Another loss. Three goals. Let's not forget one of them is from the penalty spot by Nicolas Odero. Jordan Morris scored at the 57th minute, but Christian Rodin scored the one before that. Not a great performance overall for Seattle. 10 shots, 7 on target, a high percentage there, but that's the only saving grace, in my opinion, in this game for Seattle. San Jose profiting from the coach pump. Yeah, and we'll be remiss if we didn't mention, of course, that Seattle has some bigger things on their mind um, that might yes. have played a factor in this game. Um, that's, of course, if you're not aware of what I'm referring to, the Champions League final will take place, and, and they're they're resting and doing things for that, although there's a lot of their main players right there still. But um, Seattle has not played great this year, but San Jose has played terrible this year under Ameda. Now they don't have him. There's going to be, I think, a relief just to get back to playing normal soccer, quote, quote, normal soccer in their minds. And that might just enough bring them back to, to, to mid-table, you know, MLS average kind of player. They're not a bad roster team. When you look at the players on it, they're they're not as talent deficit as, as some of the teams near the bottom. 
when I did the previews, it, one of the reasons I had to pick them low like everyone else was just simply because I just stylistically it just didn't fit what they were trying to do. And, and you know, we had the, the round hole in the square peg and I wasn't sure whether they would have the wherewithal to pay the money out to pay the man to get rid of him so they could bring something normal in. And I knew he wasn't going to change his way. Oh, so no. now that he's gone, it's going to be interesting to watch this. Um, <laughs> the other game's a... more interesting to me to talk about DC in terms of a coach, 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 coach bump there. But I do think that this one makes a certain amount of sense when you look at Seattle, likely with one eye on, on another prize. San Jose players going like, thank the bloody you-know-who that we don't have to do what he was telling us to do and we give back just to doing stuff that are more is more natural to us and, and i think that that's that's a good indication there but yeah as you say it's interesting that we do get two coach bumps in week one um it does sometimes happen but just based on the yeah you know the relief of, of having rid of something you didn't like but uh yeah of course for uh, for dc united they won three two against new england so maybe we can start the conversation for new england too two five and one there's a funny moment here where after dc's third goal Fountas' second at the 43rd minute. It was 3-1 at that point. Callis Hill ran towards his own sideline and was in a shouting match with Bruce Arena. And Callis Hill had the body language of, of a guy saying, I told you. I told you this was going to happen. Are you going to listen to me now? Are you going to listen to my advice on how we should play in this midfield so we don't leak goals late in games or give it late mid mid-match goals like this one what's going on and that was the body language of Callis Hill to Bruce Arena so maybe New England was the best team in history last year despite of Bruce Arena's management because of the talent and overall the raw rawness of what Bruce Arena can be behind the scenes is maybe rubbing rubbing them a little thin and maybe New England is in deep trouble this year uh, yeah, I mean, I think one of our advantages as MLS, as a, the only daily podcast in MLS that's broadcasted not from the United States, the, the only regular one that's, that's you know, in Canada, right? I think that uh, as with all the due to respect to those that do regional podcasts, we are national. We're the only one that does it national, including the United States. I think our advantage in that case is we're not stuck on the cult of American certain figures like Bruce Arena. Um, I think Bruce Arena does a wonderful job bringing together veteran players, finding a group of players, letting them do their skills. What he doesn't do a great job on is tactics. He doesn't do a great job on sort of the modernization, the modern aspects of the game. And and that's not his that's not his thing. He's not a modern man. He's a he looks like your grandpa standing on the <laughs> sideline, right? Like even the you know, you're not well dressed grandpa for that matter. No offense. Yeah. Well, well, well exactly. Like, you know? No offense, he's the best uh, the most winningest coach in Major League Soccer's regular season yeah. history too. So but I think there's yeah. something and to be dressed, said. Dressed, I should talk, but anyway. <laughs> exactly. The guy wearing a cat and space shirt, by the way, if you're watching us by podcast. I think yeah. it had to be noted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a good story to keep an eye on and the performance of New England this season. And we'll see. And let's face it, they were not impeded like other teams for the Champions League. Their first round, well, they didn't play the knockout stage because A.S. Cavalli from IET decided to forego this round. They forfeited because of visas and different dif different issues. They just couldn't make it happen. And they got a forfeit. They got a buy. They didn't play those two games. They played two games in the CCL, and they didn't play that well. So they weren't impeded as much as Montreal, Seattle, or other teams like this year we've seen. But that brings us to our uh, Canadian Premier League. Actually, let's just look at the standings in Major League Soccer before we say goodbye to them because I do think it's important to, well, say goodbye before we change the subject. Look 
at LAFC. 19 points. That's pretty damn good. 19 points for LAFC on top of the Western Conference. And we're looking at Austin second with 17. Great performance. There's something in the water in Texas this year. Austin, Dallas, and Houston really playing well. Minnesota is 5th in the Western Conference, Salt Lake 6th, Houston 7th. Then the disappointment this year so far, but it's still very early. Nashville's a bit disappointing. Hey, there's less allocation this year than there was a few years ago. The allocation time bomb maybe has come a bit early for Gary Smith. And I don't know why I had to lisp there, but for Gary Smith in Nashville. Portland, Colorado are following in the conversation. Colorado, we're not, we haven't talked about it, Dwayne, but there was a big trade Friday night late. Jesse Sardes has been traded to Colorado for $300,000 of allocation money, which could be all the way up to 1.1, depending the performance of Jesse Sardes. And you remember when he was uh, bought by Columbus, it was a lot more than that, guaranteed. So uh, the, the value has come down for Sardes. And Colorado also struggling this year. Yeah, indeed. The other advantage we have being up in Canada is we don't have the uh, Zardis uh, blinders on in terms of one way or the other. I think we can objectively look at the USMMT uh, kind of uh, journeyman, <laughs> sort of handyman, generic kind of striker. He does a job for them. He does a job that not all USMMT fans love. Hey, but I, have a, I, think... I, have a, I have a comparison for you. Yeah, he's yeah. today's Edson Buttle. There you go. Yeah. At an MLS level, though, you know, he's a solid guy. And from Colorado, a team that doesn't have a lot of money to spend, to go out and get a proven goal scorer, that, that could be a difference maker for them. As you say, uh, they, they had a, some CCL action early, too. Not a lot. They lost in the first round. But but nonetheless, uh, maybe that held them back. I don't know. But they're certainly not living up to expectation right now. In fact, again, you know, all the teams, a lot of teams below that red line are not teams you necessarily expected. You mentioned Nashville's time bomb. Yeah. It's playing center half in Montreal right now. Um, basically, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's the heavy trade for allocation. They were international spots, correct? If that was what that was, was I believe. So that they lost a piece and didn't replace it fully yet. They will replace that over the next little while. But that's what we talk about. Just, just if you're new to us for some reason, the allocation time bomb is that expansion teams get extra allocation money the first three years they're in, decreasing each year they're in. So by the time you hit a fourth year, you have the same amount as everyone else. That's why expansion teams launch with a little bit more to spend than other teams. The idea behind it is you don't want a team to come into a new market with all that excitement and have like Toronto happen from 2007 and have the whole thing fall into the sea, right? They learned from that and they don't want to repeat that. And even Vancouver had the same thing. Montreal had the same thing. They started to change that around 2015. Anyway, um, we've seen expansion teams do very well, but they struggle to, to convert back over it. Atlanta's struggles can partly be attested to that as well. Um, so, so we're starting to see it. Nashville's in their third year. So they they will run out uh, yeah. of some of their allocation until this year, and they had to, you know, buy more. They had to get more, and that involved them moving out Alistair Johnson, a guy that had more value of to course. Montreal, and uh, they had to do that, and that hurts them on the field for this year. They'll um, have I a, think they'll, they're going to have a brand-new stadium soon. That's the reason yeah. why they haven't played. Let's face it, Nashville hasn't played they, a home game. They haven't played home either, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They haven't played a home game in 2022 so far, so that's a bit of the conversation there. But I think it's a good uh, little tidbit. You know, it's a note in our calendar to keep an eye on it. That's also the benefit of having a daily show. By the way, thank you for subscribing to the podcast and all the different version of the podcast, video, YouTube, Twitter, live, and of course, the podcast version available everywhere you get your favorite podcast. Dwayne, it's Canadian Premier League review time. We said earlier this year that we would always keep an eye on the Premier League in Canada, and we have, and we will continue 
to look interesting results in the Ken PL. Let's have a look at the results across the league so far this weekend, Wayne. York United, big win at home. Cavalry! What's going on, Tommy? Talk to me, Tommy. What's happening? We love you. We love Cavalry. But this year, it's been difficult. Turnover has been high for the players, and it's a new core group of players, and it's not gelling quickly for the Canadian Premier League. York United, big win at home. Forge FC 3, FC Edmonton 0. Will the real Forge FC please stand up? They did. They showed who they were this weekend, and it's one of the best teams in the league. They just took some more time to get started than others. Pacific FC Dwayne 2, HFX Wanderers 1, the Coastal Derby has been won by the peaceful Pacific FC. Atletico Ottawa 1, Valor 6, that's our game of the weekend in the Canadian Premier League. What a result for Valor, Moses Dyer scores twice, Alessandro Rigi scores twice for the former Montreal Impact Academy product, former FC Montreal upstart in the USL, two goals for Rigi. Rocco Romeo, Dwayne, you can talk a lot about Rocco Romeo, scored at the 45th minute. And a former Vancouver Whitecap player, former academy player for the Vancouver Whitecaps, Brett Levis scored his second of the year at the 69th minute. Jonathan Serrois scored in his own goal. So uh, Ottawa did not even score here. But uh, interesting result in the Canadian Premier League. Yeah, and Ottawa have been doing pretty well prior to this game, so this is a bit of a, a bit of a slap back to reality for the team that that hasn't really had a full season of, of Campiel regular play yet. I mean, well, they not even really they haven't. So this is kind of their first season in many many ways. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Rocco Romeo. Uh, it's a player that I've watched since he was 15 years old. Uh, big, big center half that has nice, nice little feet work. Um, never got a chance in the TFC system. I'm really happy to see him uh, land on his feet out there and to get a goal at the KMPL level. Uh, he's played a little bit in Denmark in the second tier, so so he's a, a guy that's, that's ready to sort of have a have a nice little career and find his find his footing. And I hope he he finds his way. But so I'm glad to see that. But look, yeah, Valor has been in many ways the most underachieving team pound for pound and other well sorry let me take that back fc edmonton is the most underachieving team in campl <laughs> putting them on the shelf yes. other than that it's valor um and you know fc edmonton with you know ownership issues and that's yeah. nothing to say that the owner was bad he put a lot of money in that team for a while he just didn't have any more to give at the exactly. end and, and ended up having to give it up so so we'll see whether they can recover i did actually watch the forge uh, fc edmonton game as well and and you know it just seemed like forge finding their footing finally um, but in terms of value, yeah, it's great. They are a market that has, although it doesn't look like it on TV, there's a nice little fan base there. It's just stuck in a huge stadium. And, you know, God, I wish you could get those teams out of the CFL stadiums. <laughs> yes. uh, having been to the Forge home opener, there was a nice five, 6,000 crowd there. But, but it looks like nothing. It was like yeah. five, six thousand in a thirty-five thousand seating well, stadium. 20, looks like twenty, but still, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, shout out to the Red River Rising, by the way, the fan base yeah. and the supporters group of Valor. But that's your result in the Canadian Premier League, and of course, it's fun to keep an eye on the KPL. We'll continue to look at the battle for the top spot, the fourth spots. Will make a playoff later this year, and all the best to all the players and the KPL supporters that are listening to us. Let us know what you think, of course, 
of the Canadian Premier League this season. Who's your favorite player? Who's your favorite team? Let us know in the comment section below if you're watching us on YouTube. Thank you, and we'll invite you to subscribe and click on that big subscribe red button and that notification bell right next to it to always be made aware of our new shows. You can follow Dwayne on social media at 24th Minute, myself at Kev Larme, and this show at Soccer Today. SPN. We'll be back tomorrow with a Tuesday edition of Tuesdays Are For Europe, looking at the Bundesliga 10 in a row, a fourth one for the Davies. King Zikama won 11 trophies and he's 25 freaking years old. You know, not everybody has the same type of life, Dwayne, and uh, we're going to talk about it tomorrow on Tuesdays Are For Europe, of course, Champions League and more on tomorrow's show. Until then, we hope you enjoyed today's show. And as always, until next time, for Dwayne Rollins, I'm Kev Larme. We wish you a great soccer. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.